0: he she them or they and all who may fall in between welcome back to quarantine nightly as you guys know on fridays we dive deep we get to the nitty and the gritty um today i would like to um introduce someone to the community and to the culture that you already know but you may not know just how or why she is so legendary before we get into her story i want to make sure you guys subscribe rate and comment to quarantine nightly we are on all major podcast streaming platforms we're on itunes we're on uh we're on apple we're on apple Podcasts. we're on spotify we're on anchors uh All major streaming platforms were there, so make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave a comment, make sure you leave a rating, and if there's someone you want to hear me talk to on one of these Fridays, or if there's a story during the week you want to hear me cover, make sure you email quarantinightly at gmail.com before 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in order for me to read the story. Once again, that's quarantinightly at gmail.com before 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, let's get to meet the legend this uh on this day, I want to introduce you to somebody who I had the privilege of working under um even though it was for a short time, I want to say like two or three months it would still I still appreciate it because, like I tell you guys all the time on this platform, this life and this career of mine and this path that I've etched out for myself, it has put me on collision courses with all the people I looked up to growing up, all the people who, as a kid, stealing. The double XL and stealing the source out of, um, supermarket uh checkout lines. I would just read and see their names, I would see their names on TV on these quick bit documentaries that, uh, or or these quick talking head pieces on MTV or, or MTV2 or BET. And so to be able to work for some of these people and be in contact with these people is just really a dream come true. And it's no different today. Uh, we we got our we got ourselves the Lady Legend um a uh, 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 a woman uh a jack s i don't even know a jill of all trades um i know i was a good say is that <laughs> were you
1: gonna say a jackass <laughs> i'm sorry
0: ladies and gentlemen my og kim but you guys know her as kim osario kim how are you
1: Good, mouse. Thank you for that wonderful introduction.
0: Well, I, I, I try to do my best. I try to make you proud. I don't want you to think, you know, those three months of tutelage went down the drain.
1: Nah, i like to. Can I claim you now? I like to. I know there's <laughs> only three months, but I like to claim everyone out there that soars. So please, see, please, please claim me. I see me. you moving. I see I, you moving. I, there's nothing yep.
0: more that would make me feel accomplished than to be able to say I come <laughs> from that tree. Um, Absolutely. So what I want to talk to people about, because usually we we tell these stories, right? We've told the story, uh, or I allow people, I I tell people stories using that word. So we spoke to Taxstone while being in Rikers. We st- we spoke to Stephen Dominguez. We spoke to uh, the 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 Waffle House, the person who stopped the Waffle House shooting, James Shaw Jr. Now we get to talk to you, and. A lot of times I build, you know, I let people tell the story of who they were and who they are and where they grew up. But your story, your story is extremely special because I don't I I don't know if I'm right to say you are the first woman, but you're definitely the the first woman in hip hop media to 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 have the type of notoriety and have the type of legacy that you had. Would I be correct in saying that?
1: I mean, there were a lot of women that came before me, so I need to humble myself and, and, and give props to them because they paved the way. But you could say that. I mean, today I'm in my Gemini twin. I'm feeling myself. So I like <laughs> that. I actually like that. And I want to I want to um just kind of comment on something you said. You said in the beginning that you would steal the source magazine. I out would,
0: the, I, I would steal it right out of the, because my mom wouldn't buy it because she was super, super Christian. So there was no right. hip hop media being purchased for me. So when I would see right. the source in the, uh, in the Pathmark checkout line, I would take it and stick it right underneath my shirt. And my mom never, she, she would just see the, the, ma- the collection of magazines growing. She had no idea they were happening while we were shopping. I
1: know, and, and you know, it's, it's the, the reason why I bring it up is because. You know, you were sticking it under your shirt. There were a lot of people doing that. So we would sell, uh, uh, one of our highest selling issues was somewhere in the 500,000 issues a month, right? Wow. Um, But we used to always say that that 500,000 was more because the readership or the pass-around rate for the magazine was, I believe, one to nine people. One magazine to nine people because when you got the source, right?, you know, it didn't sit with you. You pass it to your friend. Absolutely. Or you, you know, you stole it from the, you stole it from the new, from the newsstand mm-hmm. or maybe not stole it, but you know, no, and then it. you pass it to your friend. And, mm-hmm. okay. So, and then your <laughs> friend passed it around, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and, and when you were done reading it, 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 you know, it traveled. So that's like nine people to every magazine. So we used to say our readership is in the millions and we knew that every month consistently because it was the place people were coming to, to get these you know, authentic, real hip hop stories that you, ne- you weren't necessarily getting that from a lot of other magazines. It's part of the reason why I wanted to work at the source. Mm.
0: All right. So let's talk about it. You, um, you know, just because we do have the relationship and, 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 in, in the bond, I know that you actually studied to become a lawyer. So yes. in, in the year 2000, when you began working at the source magazine as an associate music editor, who was that? Who was that walking into those doors, and, and how did you even get that job, or, or how were you even considered yeah. for that job?
1: Yeah, my friends were taking the bar exam, and I was going to work for the source. Go figure. But I think
0: <laughs> I think you might. They were won't.
1: like, I'm gonna, "I'm gonna take
2: this job
1: over here." Uh, it was something that I had wanted to do for so long. Like uh, coming up, I think I started writing somewhere around ninety four, right? So right. for me. That was a long six years before I got that job. Absolutely. You know, 94, I wanted to work for the source. I'm in college. I'm writing. I'm, you know, I'm meeting writers, meeting editors, trying to put my voice in different magazines and make the connections that I had and use the access that I had to land those big features. But it was a competitive game. Right. And um, I want to say the first person to give me an assignment at the source I want to say it was Elliot Wilson. I'm pretty sure it was Elliot. Elliot was one of the first people that assigned me, you know, stories. Right. And mm-hmm. um it may have even been some of the other publications he was working for. But I know for the source, it was Elliot. And then from Elliot, it was Carlito Rodriguez. It was Riggs Morales. Like they Riggs. were all there. Yeah. They were there before me. and But I was writing. And so when the position, when Carlito took the editor in chief job, he offered me, you know, what's funny. I I don't tell this story a lot, but in 99, when oh. I graduated from law school, I, I went hard to get a job and Elliot offered me a job at XXL, um, as the lifestyle editor Okay. and I took it and within like what, after doing that for a month, Carlito offered me a job at the source. And I was at a, you know, like, I was like, oh, my God, do I just leave? Because Elliot was building his team at XXL. Right. He was building his team. I was there. Let me tell you, it was four of us for a month. Elliot got the job at XXL. He gave me a lifestyle editor position. Bonsu was there. And Vanessa Satin was there. and they uh, wow. I don't know if they were interns, but they were younger, you know, like, and they were coming up. And he was building the team. And within a month, the source offer came. You know, and I was like, what am I going to do? But the source was the source and mm-hmm. it was in the music department. And at the time, XXL wasn't the XXL it is today. It was right before Elliot really kind of took it to that next level. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, I don't want to let this opportunity pass me. And I had graduated law school. I was like ready for it. I was like, I want to go to the source. I took even um what I consider to be uh a step down. Because as a lifestyle editor, you're running your entire section. I was an associate music editor reporting to a music editor mm. um, at the source. I took a step down just to be there at the magazine. So, and,
0: so what was you your, what was your relationship to hip hop at that point? Because you said you started writing in '94. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what was that? What was writing like in '94 for someone not? I guess the, I guess today we would refer to you as a freelance writer. So what was right. what was that like in '94 when there wasn't email and you couldn't email right. your pitches to to the, the the blogs or the site? So what was that like '94? What, what was writing like in '94 compared to when you actually took the job at The Source in 2000?
1: Oh, very different because here I didn't even know I wanted to be a writer, right? I just mm. I grew up in hip hop. I grew up in Castle Hill. I don't know if you're familiar with the Bronx, the
0: Bro- but unfortunately, oh, you from the Bronx? No, no I'm from Long Island. I, so what you I, mean,
1: unfortunately? I, mean, I know to Shit I, on my borough like
0: I, I, that. I know you don't live there now. You don't have to tell. I still <laughs> rep the Bronx. <laughs> that is born and raised.
1: Okay. Granted, yes, I wanted to get out, but we should all want to get out, right? I'm a still rep it. if I can take all of you guys out, I would take you all out, but I can't. I love the Bronx, okay. like uh, you know my experience there and what I, you know what I know that that's what's in me, right? Mm-hmm. And we're a certain breed. Like when I see other people now, especially as I'm older, and I like even even the, you know some of the OGs in the game, and they're from the Bronx, I'm like ah, you know I get it. I know I know how you think. Mm-hmm. So I came up in the Bronx. I wanted to, you know, well, well, hip hop was a passion of mine, right? Like I had turntables, like I thought I was a DJ, like all types of stuff mm-hmm. and um breakdance, whatever it was. I just wanted to, to, to be around it because I loved it so much. And um when I was in college, I started interning at record labels, right? So I didn't mm-hmm. know what I wanted to do. I was like, I was always a good writer. I didn't know that that was really the profession that I could have. Um, so for me, I was trying to see where I fit in. So I was looking for a job in the industry while I was in college and I, I interned at BMG distribution. Uh, wow. at the time, yeah, at the time in, in the national sales department at the time, um, that was like loud records was just getting its footing, right? <laughs> um, what else the
0: so you were uh, at bmg Jive. you were at bmg when when uh i think we had this conversation before we, you were at bmg when they used to do like the uh you you buy like 11 cds for 99 cent and then you, no do you buy 11. no
1: no no that's that's bmg direct
2: okay
0: got so you. that
1: that's bmg okay so if you know anything about like uh, Times Square and the buildings up there. 1540 Broadway. Yes. Uh, right now I'm really,
0: I'm
1: really dating myself right now.
0: Where we used to work?
1: <laughs> I'm really dating myself right now. <laughs> 1540 Broadway was not even up yet.
2: Wow. That building
1: was not even up yet. I was at 1133 Avenue of the Americas at BMG, right? The labels that were under BMG, Jive Records, um, you know, uh, Loud Records, RCA, Arista, um, and, and a lot of the boutique hip hop labels were just getting started. Mm. So I was learning about the industry just from being, my, my first week at, at work at my internship was the release, was the release party for, um, Midnight Marauders. Wow. And the woman I worked for I was like, you know, she, she wasn't into rap like that. She was like, you want to go to this release party? And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I remember. Being there was like my first taste of being in the music industry because being from the Bronx, a lot of people that, you know, I watched on video music box and I listened to on the radio, you know, they were around. They were from neighborhoods I was familiar with, but I wasn't in the same space with people. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when I got to BMG, like my first week there, it was, you, you know, they were, I was in the the department. Responsible for selling the music wholesale to, um, to the record stores. So all of the artists came through, right? So, mm. the, you know, I remember like the perks that I had there just as an intern. It was like mind blowing. I went to see James Brown. He was on a, a label called Scotty Brothers Records. You know what I'm saying? I went to, you know, album release parties for, uh, um, you know, what I just say, Tribe Called Quest you know, like, and and it was passed. I remember that. It was (laughs) passed. I think this was 93 or 94, somewhere around there. So I, um, you know, I, I, I learned a lot, but I also was given access, you know, and I, I, I use that because, um, I use, I'm sorry. My daughter was like, she was was (laughs) in and out and she's bye love you bye I'm like come on I know (laughs) you can hear me talking mind you can I just can I just go off on a tangent of
0: course of course
1: so I was just working out in my basement right so when I work out I'm loud Mm -hmm. and she does a radio show for her college Mm. and she literally texts me like can you please keep it down
0: (laughs) I literally just had that conversation with my dad. So I'm I'm staying at my parents' house during the quarantine, <laughs> and they gave me, you know, my little area to turn into my <laughs> home studio. And uh, I just bought my dad a, 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 not bought, um, JBL Bose. I forget which com Bose. They, J- I'm sorry, Bose has just uh, just reached out and sent me some stuff. So of course I gave it to nice. my dad. Yeah. And so, yeah. literally as me, you get on the phone. I just hear, I I hear a ramp up. Brrrr. And I'm like, No. And so I'm texting them from my computer, like, Dad, you gotta turn that off.
1: <laughs> she no, but I, she just shut me down because of her college radio show. Like, Mom, you you're mad loud downstairs. And I'm like, Okay, damn, sorry. And and then walks by me, like, hey, love you, bye, hey, okay, did you hear me? I'm leaving. I think <laughs> I think it was strategy. I think she knew I was gonna if I wouldn't on this interview, I'd be like, Where are you going at this time of night? It's nine twenty two.
0: Mm-hmm. Not not to social distance.
1: Right. But I
2: digress.
1: (laughs) But I digress. So anyway, so I I got a lot of access and I met a lot of people just from working at BMG Distribution. I did another internship, believe it or not, at Profile Records. Mm. And um, so I was moving around trying to figure out what I wanted to do, going from the marketing department to the publicity department. Uh, Then I got a job at a company called Muse that was a music software database. Like I was trying to figure it out.
0: But you but knew you one, wanted music.
1: I knew I wanted music. I knew I wanted to work in the music business. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be an A&R, and I still think I can be an A&R. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that here. <laughs> I'm not going to do it here. I, mean, I don't want the A&Rs calling me like, you know, you, got, 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 you can't I, be no A&R.
0: I mean, but that's, I mean you, we, and we'll get there later. You have A&R'd some records. I mean, if we're being honest, you know.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. And then, and when you when you're at the source at that time... You, you know, the the five mic rating, right? Like held in such a high regard. That's what you're doing. You're listening to music before anyone else is listening and saying, this is it right here. Like I just said in another interview, I said, when we left the studio after listening to the blueprint, everybody walked out and had like a little meeting in front of the studio and we all agreed. There was like four or five of us. We were like, Oh my God, it's a five mic album. One listen.
0: I mean, like it's, it's, a, it's a five mic album. I mean, yes, of course. It's, we know we knew it. Is. Yeah, great taste.
1: Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, I guess everybody thought that was a five <laughs> mic album,
0: right? <laughs> so, 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 guess yeah, so, so, so let's talk about let's talk the day you walk into the source. This is it's two thousand. Uh do you remember that day? Do you remember at the time what your what the soundtrack was? Do you remember like what you were listening to? Heavy that day getting ready for the source magazine.
1: That was January of 2000. Mm. Okay. Let me think real quick. January of 2000. Oh man, what a tough question. I'm trying to think of what was I writing at that time? I started writing for the source heavy in like 98, you know, like 98, 99. I started reading. I was like doing things cover stories um or stories that got cover lines and i was writing reviews for albums that mattered so i would say that around that time i'm trying to think 98 right like that's mm-hmm. the heavy bad heavy bad heavy boy, bad era.
0: boy yep. uh, heavy bad big, big boy yep heavy bad boy big had just died in 96 puff had just released the no way out um you know mace was cooking um I want to say. I mean, Big I, died I, in
1: '96 or '97.
0: Big died in '97.
1: '97, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Big died in '97, and then Puff releases No Way Out. I want to say at the tail end or at somewhere he releases um, No Way Out in '98. Yep. Yep. Because yep. That, cause he had he had he had Jay opening up for him.
1: Right. So and, I think yeah. I think around that time you've got you know Mace. Right? You like, got Mace's like, Mace
0: tearing it up at that point. Right. Harlem. Ha- mm-hmm. Harlem. hmm. I, I think uh, you what, got... yep, Harlem World. No, what was Mace's first album called? Um, What is Mace's first album? Harlem World. Harlem World. No, I thought. You sure? I think Harlem yep. World was the uh, conglomerate, no? No. No. Harlem World was
1: his first album. You're right. Absolutely, you're right. Yeah, Harlem I know World. these things. Of course you're There's do. a certain period. There's a certain period of time that I really know. (laughs) And then, and then you get to a time that I was like, I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who that is. Once you hit 2007, eight, I'm like, I can't. And and you know what I've been following over the last couple of years, I will say the music has, you know, kind of grabbed me. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a, there's a period, I don't know if it was cause I I have my kids and I was focused on raising my kids, but there's a period that's just a blank. I'm like, who was running the game in like 2009? I don't need, I can't even tell you. Uh, I
0: think Wayne still had a, Wayne had a pretty strong hold, to be honest. Ross, I don't think, you can't say one person was, I think at 09, because uh, there was, I think people were realizing there's so many avenues in that's song. Right. And I right. think that's when like the uh, independent backpack rapper uh, mixtape era started to be ushered in. Uh-oh. Yeah, I
1: couldn't follow. At that point, I yeah. was like, I can't, it's too much. Yeah.
0: So, 09, 09, yeah, 09, I would say.
1: Right.
0: 09, I would, what, Carter three comes out in 09? Yeah, Carter three drops in 09. So, Wayne, Ross, TI is still there. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah,
1: it's all a a blur to me. (laughs) It's all a blur to me. I'm like, okay. I I, I mean, I I was at BET. Mm -hmm. So, maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't so much of a blur. Yeah,
0: different side of things. But but, yep. you, but you say you were writing you were writing um about these these impactful albums in in ninety
1: yeah, yeah yeah I think I think right before I got to the source, right before I took that i had just the, the I had just wrote the foxy Brown story, so I had just wrote a big story on her that was in the you know one of the or maybe that was the year before well it might have been the year before because i I did two foxy stories and that was unheard of.
2: Mm.
1: Why? When you once you write a feature, back then it was like you kind of got to give another writer another chance, right? Um you want the same perspective, the same POV. Mhm. I remember, I remember writing two, And I I think it was by request. I think she requested me to like I never Here's the, here's the interesting thing. I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna leave it alone, mouse.
0: Okay, I'm leaving it alone. Here's the
1: interesting thing. There was a time where my, okay, integrity Mm. was questioned based on people that I knew or had certain types of, you know, maybe people thought allegiance to, right? And Mm. I always say this. I said, I say, when I came into the source, no one ever asked me about how cool I was with Foxy.
2: Hmm. You
1: got stories. But no one ever said, you know, like, well, you can't write that story because, you know, she requested you. They can't. Do- no, they just let me write it. But it's it's interesting to to look at something like this from a woman's perspective. 20 years later, and this is a different topic. This is a different podcast. This is We're going to do this because I know there's a lot happening online right now. This is a different podcast.
2: It doesn't
1: have to
0: be. We're here. No
1: one ever said, are you giving Foxy a favorable article? No one ever asked me that. We was riding around Manhattan. How badly?
0: No let asked me Let me be a... Uh... Let me be the guy that does this because this is Friday and this is what we're here for. We have time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? If you, if you were, if you were just to take a wild guess, why do you think that is?
1: Because the industry was, was and possibly still is very sexist. So, and this is a, like I said, this is something that I've had, I've dealt with firsthand, right? And I took my job so seriously. I wanted to, you know, write articles. I didn't want to be biased. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to be fair, right? I think one of the Foxy articles was like a Q and A. Okay, we'll do it as a Q and A, right? I wanted to be fair. I want to be biased. I never wanted to be questioned about my integrity, but I'm just looking at the magazines and the timing. And you're like, Hey, when you got to the source, what'd you do? I wrote two features on Foxy, two
0: right on the right as soon as you got there.
1: Uh, well, I had written one. Before I got there, okay, they they assigned me, and then when I got there, and I'm not sure what year that cover was, but I remember, you know, and and Foxy, when when she was gonna do her book, commissioned me to do her book. I mean, it, it didn't work out, but you know, it's another story. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I'm just kind of laying the the groundwork for the conversation about sexism. Mm. Right. Because when I left the source, obviously, and it's been written in my book and things happened, you know, people questioned. And I never interviewed any of those artists, but people questioned my integrity. How could you as a an editor? Right. How could you as an editor, you know, sort of get that confused, mix business with play? But no one ever asked me about Foxy Ground. No one ever asked me about that. Like, no one ever questioned whether, you know, what I'm saying I was a biased, you know, I was biased when I was writing her stories. Never a question.
0: Um. But well, 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 let me let me ask you this. So now looking back, and I'm pretty sure in, you didn't like have this revelation at in 2020. But looking at 2020 and what you know about the game now, and mm-hmm. the the many levels and plateaus you stood on since then, the the young girl entering the source in 2000 how how did she look at the let me ask you yeah let me first ask you how did you look at the game because you had been you you know you you did a stint at double xl and vibe mm-hmm. um but you you were at the source so how mm-hmm. did that young girl entering the source look at it and then how did it begin to and then what did you begin to experience once you were there like and how did yeah and how did that right. contrast
1: Right. I mean, uh, the perspectives that I have and the experience and the things that I've gone through have kind of shaped what I think of the game now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um Back then, I was young. I was hungry. I just wanted to do a good job. I just wanted people to respect me. I wanted people to respect my writing, you know, my work ethic. So I was in a different space mentally. Right. Mm hmm. Look at, you know, and, and we were the source, right? So we had a lot of, we had very close relationships with the artists. Um The, uh when you look at the game now, you see everybody's friends and it's good. It's all good. Yeah. Everybody's friends. Oh, that's, that's my man. That's my man. We're doing an article. Hey, can you come on my IG? Let me, let me do an interview with you. And they give the interview to their friend and. It's all love. And I have no problem with that. If you do your job as a journalist, I have no problem with that. Right. Um, but I think back then at the time of the source, there was that, there was that line that had to be drawn. Right. Right. Like we were two floors up or three floors up. I can't remember from loud records at one point when we were at 215 Park Avenue South. Mm-hmm. We were up and down. I used to go down to loud, loud artists used to come up to us. Like everybody was cool. It was like a family, you know? So, so the question of like integrity and like what we, cause we took our, we, I will say this, we took it very seriously, you know, like that sort of thing, assigning articles to writers. And I know we're off on a tangent right now, but (laughs) what sparked that was when you said, when you got there, what were you working on? And I remember the big story that I was working on with Foxy Brown. Mm. That was the big story. And that was, I think, what was that? China doll? No, China Mm. doll was the first story Uh I did. And then I did a story in broken silence where she's on the log. Remember that cover? Yes. 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 And, and those were, those were two big interviews as I'm coming into the source. So it was a Foxy. I, I remember if I'm thinking back to the year of 2000 and the, And the articles I'm doing. And the things I'm writing about. It was the Foxy cover. That I did. And the Wu-Tang cover. Mm. Those were the two big interview. Big stories that I wrote. In the year 2000. When I. Got to the source. And
0: and what what is your reception like. When you get there.
1: It was love. Like. The people I was around, and mind you, I kind of, I came in, I came in, in January 2000. I must have been so happy. I ha- I got pregnant. Okay. I had a baby <laughs> in October. I just want to, <laughs> just one of us. She just walked out the door. Just want to make that clear. I got hired in January. <laughs> I had a baby in October. You do the math. That,
0: that, so yeah.
1: I was happy and living and you know what I'm saying? Like enjoying life. I was living in Brooklyn at the time around the corner from, from Biggie uh, block.
0: Oh, so you was in bed Right.
1: Well, technically we used to say Clinton Hill, Clinton but I Hills, guess you, could, um, you can you, call you, it bed you,
0: you were in bed Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll accept it. But <laughs> I remember I, it was a thousand dollars for that apartment to live there. And at that time, oh, man. I was leaving an apartment in the Bronx for $450 a month. Okay. I was willing to take or pay an extra $600 just because I needed to be in Brooklyn where everyone else was.
0: Mm. Who
1: You can't work in the industry and not be in that neighborhood.
0: When you said you everyone that. else, who are some of the people you're seeing on, on your, I don't know, who, who are the people you're seeing on your commute or on a typical Saturday, Sunday, fun day type thing? Who Like, when you say everyone, who are you seeing in this neighborhood?
1: So, in one building over was Sasha Jenkins. Wow. And two blocks down was Elliot Wilson.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is the community. All right. You turn the corner, you go down the block, there's Selwyn Heinz. So I knew that people who had achieved a certain level of success, and I'm just naming a few, but when I say everybody was there, everybody was there, right? Like, you know, I had a, uh, a housewarming party or a party when I first got there before I got moved in, a party for my, my best friend's birthday. Um, and I had just moved in. There were no, there was no furniture in my apartment yet. I had a party. And I didn't even know anyone in the neighborhood, right? But I met a bunch of people. I I met Benny Boom he,
2: at my they, wow.
1: housewarming party. <laughs> he know me, but he came through because guess what? Somebody having a party. So, you know, this industry was thriving in that, in that like 10 block radius right? Like everyone was there all the time. And I knew coming from the Bronx, when I really wanted to make that, you know, that leap to take that leap, right. And to really focus on, on, on becoming what I wanted to become in the industry or at the source, I needed to be there
2: because that's
1: where everybody was. And so I, I moved and I ate that 600 bucks. (laughs) But, and then I got pregnant.
0: It's, oh, wow. So you, you kind of needed that 600 bucks back.
1: <laughs> I did. I did. I would have been so much better in the Bronx. I tell
0: you. <laughs> um, okay. So now you're at the source. There's a great reception. Now I want to talk about what was the environment in, in there. Because it's still very hip-hop. At the time, and it's still very hyper-masculine. So what is it like for you as a woman, an associate music editor, working in that type of environment at that time?
1: Like, you know, it's interesting. You say it was hyper-masculine, and it was. But I was too young to understand it. So I always felt like... I used to say... Someone told me I write like a guy. Someone told me that. Um, Oh, you write like a dude. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, I, I really... Thought it was a compliment because I could have these type of conversations. I didn't realize it was alienating the the woman's POV. Wow, you know, like to tell me you write like a guy. No, I write like me. And you write I'm like Tim Osario, right? Right, but this is how I feel, right? Like this is this is what I like, and there's a lot of women out there like me that that love hip hop, that understand the culture that study the culture, that are knowledgeable in it. You know, I meet women today that they have all this knowledge of music and hip-hop, and I, and I love it. I'm like, wow. But the, the perception was that that was a male thing. This is for the guys. This is not for, you know, for we were just as much a part of it as the men were. But I didn't understand that back then. I thought it was like, oh, it's cool. I'm hanging with all the guys, you know.
0: So when when you're starting to get these things, and I guess to 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 not double down, but to further to build on that, when did you realize that that was a problematic thing to say? When did you realize that was alienating the women's point of view?
1: I would say some, you know, once I took the editor in chief job, and once I started to experience things as a woman, where um, you know, it was undeniable, right? Like I knew this is, this is happening to me because I'm a girl or I'm not being treated a certain way because I'm a girl. Like that's when I, it started to all come to fruition.
0: Mm. How long, and how long were you there? How long were you at the source before you uh, became editor in chief?
1: So I was there for two and a half years and then Carlito resigned. And when he resigned, you know, they were trying to figure out who was going to take the position. And, um, I'll never forget this. I don't know if I talked about this in my book, but I was the music editor and Ray Benzino came in my office and he said, I'm going to give you the job. You're going to be the editor in chief.
0: And I was like, now at this time working for, uh, Benzino, Ray Benzino have working for him. What was that like? in at that time what was was it very obvious that he wanted to be a rapper too or or, like what was because you hear so many different stories so Mm -hmm. as somebody who worked directly under him what was what was it truly like working for him at that time
1: okay so when I first got the job at that time I didn't realize how closely I'd be working with him right because I didn't know he was an artist he was a rapper everybody knows that um he had a group but I didn't realize you know how much control he had and um and i don't want to get too much into this Mm -hmm. because it's it's a very interesting story that i believe will be told yet again um in a very detailed way with
0: all of the players involved copy Oh, so, I got it. I got it. Right. Just make right. sure y'all come see me, you know, relationship, right. with, relationship between uh, journalists. Remember, just come see me <laughs> when it's that time.
1: Right. So, um, you know, I I didn't realize I'd be working with him so closely. So he came to me and he's like, you're going to be the editor in chief. But nobody knew yet. Nobody knew yet. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it, it took like um, another month before I got that job. So it was like, you know, whatever you think is, is the right decision, that's it. So I had to navigate that with the team because no one knew I was going to get the job. I was a music editor and there were other people up for the job. So, you know, I think it kind of, you know, drove a wedge internally with our team because everyone was vying for position or trying to figure out who that person was going to be. And I don't really think people thought it was going to be me.
0: Mm. So you have been there for what about two years? You get the you you get the editor in chief position, and right. No,
1: no, no. Here's the thing: I get the executive editor position.
0: Executive, and and you know, uh, forgive my ignorance. What, can you explain to me and the people at home who may not know what's the difference between an executive, um, editor in chief and an editor in chief?
1: At the time, for the roles and and the things that I was, you know, just like the. The description of my job, there was no difference. But the big difference for me was being the executive editor meant they could hire someone over me, right? Okay. So for three months, I had to prove myself. But I most certainly moved into the editor-in-chief office. (laughs) And they said I could, so I did.
0: (laughs) And how did everyone begin to interact with you once you had that position? Was there like a... Was there was there some pushback? Was 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 there like a little mutiny? That, that were, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Were coworkers
0: yeah, you, now upset? You
1: heard the stories,
0: Mouse. I, I mean, you I heard, heard I heard them, but I didn't hear them from you. So you there know that just letter. that's just fodder to me.
1: There was a letter mm-hmm. that went around in support of Eric Parker because Eric was up for the job also, and um, I do, and Eric and I had a great relationship back then. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I love Eric. I love what he's done in the industry. But at that time, it was like only one of us could get the job. You know what right, I mean? Right,
0: right, right. They go only be one.
1: Right. And when I got the job, Eric resigned.
0: Mm. And, you
1: know, I think, I think I was a little hurt, but I didn't understand what he was going through. You know what I mean? Like that was his own thing. I guess, you know, certain people felt like he should get the job. So I respect what he did. I respect that. I respect that.
0: But you couldn't let us stop What you had going on?
1: Nah. You know I had to. Is it bothering? I'm chewing. Can you hear me chewing?
0: <laughs> I just want to let you know I'm keeping all of this. I'm keeping all of this. Um, you're chewing. The
1: chewing because I, I got chew- cashews. I'm eating cashews because I'm it, trying to really diet.
0: I get it. You, it's fine. You're only okay. supposed to remember Nick. Remember Nick said you're only only supposed to eat eight. Eight cashews. Mm-hmm. Only you're only, only supposed to eat
1: eight. It definitely says eight. Per serving. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. This says twenty pieces per serving.
0: Oh, Because these are
1: the raw ones. These are the ones with no. You know, I mean, if you eat cashews and coated in honey and sugar,
2: yeah. <laughs> hey. <but laughs> I don't, I don't know
0: how you. I don't know how you just eat raw cashews. cashews. But uh, let's talk about your time as uh uh the editor in chief. Oh, executive. I'm sorry, executive editor in chief in September 2002. Jay Z Rockefeller on the cover. Under your leadership, that's one of the magazine's highest-selling issues.
1: It is the
2: highest. It,
0: it. But then you also had okay, and then you had the second highest as well with Ja Rule and Murder Inc. Mm-hmm.
2: It is you the do highest. this.
0: You do these two back to back. Or yeah, you do these two back to back. Now what? Now what? Now what is I'm the like, energy? why
1: can't I have the editor in chief title?
0: Now let me ask I you.
1: got Jay-Z on
0: the cover. Right? Now let me ask you that. How do you get to, how at that time, right? Because I, I I know now like I know uh or at least through this quarantine it's showing me, okay, my name got some weight. I could reach out to this person and get this interview. Right. Or like right. I, I could reach out to this manager and they're like, Oh yeah, of course, of course. I can't. I, I can't imagine it for you know because the industry was so new at the time. Like we were, we were still learning as we were growing. So yeah, how do you get a Jay Z and Rockefeller? How do you get Ja Rule and Murder Inc. on the cover?
1: Now we're still the source at that time, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. when you say how do you get a, a Ja Rule, that was easy, right? Because we're the source. Mm. So how do you not get a Ja Rule, right? Where else are they gonna go? The source is the number one magazine. Mm-hmm. The the, the the thing with Jay Z was that September two thousand and two, highest selling issue of the Source magazine, um a year after the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. it was one year, a year after the Blueprint album, um, Jay-Z had not done the source because of some internal politics between the Source Business, the Source Awards, whatever it was, I don't have the details. Mm-hmm. I think you do, and it's okay. Jay-Z. I might have a little, but I don't want to get it wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, I'm like, oh, I right, remember. Right, like, right, why right, were they right, not right. fucking with each other? So they had, Jay hadn't done anything since, I don't even remember, maybe 97, 98. He hadn't done anything. And he, um, and this was, what time was this? September 2002. This
0: September 2002.
1: I'm trying to think of, remember, there was a time where Jay was just nonstop. Well,
0: just this like, was around that time because, uh not um blueprint comes out and even on nine eleven it still sells yep. sells crazy um yep. there's still rockefeller is cooking so i think state property is either just no state property the the first movie that came out already so you're you're seeing Rocka you're seeing rock aware rockefeller the tours um him and dame are literally yep. plastered all over our tv screens yep. and jay is really becoming who we know Jay as today, like just as, as this elder statesman in hip hop.
2: Yep.
1: So, um, how do you get them on the cover? You, well, I knew Jay and Dame Mm -hmm. back then. Um, so I would say I definitely, I I remember my conversation with Dame. It was like very, it was a, a very Dame conversation, but you know, knowing Dame, I was able to kind of, maneuver that right like so one of the things i think that was problematic was whatever drama they had with with you know between the source and rockefeller um at certain at a certain point becomes all about ego right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i almost think i got him on the cover because i picked up the phone
0: and i was like listen
1: i need jay-z on the cover you know uh and and i don't remember I don't remember what the conversations were on the source end, but I think it, it was more of like, if we could get Jay back, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in the source's good graces, of, of course we want that, right? Like we're, you know, it was undeniable. It was time and he had gotten the five mics a year prior. So we were kind of working on schmoozing that relationship to kind you know, to get to a good place. I remember and I don't, I'm going to have to Google this. The night Beanie Siegel got arrested, right? Yes. I wonder what day that was. That, I was with them that day. I was with Damon and Biggs that day. And I remember, I was, I think I was kind of, I feel like I was negotiating that cover. Maybe it's the wrong thing. When was he when was he arrested?
0: Was that in 03?
1: Oh, was that oh three? 03? Oh, well maybe that was a different cover. Maybe that was the 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 other <laughs> Rockefeller cover I wrote. <laughs> I remember that one with the remember the, the Rockefeller split cover? I remember. They, yes. Yeah, I'll never give up my sources. They refused to talk.
0: Mm, listen,
1: for that for that interview, you don't want to get there yet.
0: I I mean, listen, we can go there because you're you're you and this is your story.
1: I was there the night Beans got arrested. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It was a, there was a show in Philly.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, We flew to Philly. I'm like going through my memory right now as I talk to you, like this memory, right? right? So like, I just remember Damon came up to me and said, this is funny, he's like, Something is about to happen. Don't write about it. Don't write about it. Something's going to (laughs) happen. We got in the car and then, like, I mean, the police, it was crazy. I remember the police, them arresting Beanie. Yeah, I'm trying to look now to see, like, what it says. yeah, it says January 2003. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. And so that must have been the other Rockefeller story.
0: Yeah, let me ask yep. you that and even in that moment it's it's funny um because now I'm starting to deal with it um probably not to the level you dealt with it because just the different mediums but how is it being friends with rappers, being friends with these these high profile celebrities in our culture and then still being someone who reports on their lives? So what is that what is that uh uh what is that intersection like like when dame has to come to you and be like yo don't write about this like was that the normal was there a level of friendship but still like some guard up
1: i think it was the normal i think people won't admit it was the normal um but i'm always like i'm like it was what it was you had to make a decision right you had to i gamble relationships let me tell you something there's some relationships i just don't care about i'm like i don't care i got to do my do my job oh Mm. well but i'll tell you to your face like don't tell me don't write about it (laughs) <laughs> and because i'm gonna write it down you know but i think especially at that time
0: can you think of one story or, or one story in particular that that happened
1: <laughs> you like what what relationship did you <laughs> Did you mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say <laughs> no, i can't say we gotta talk off because you know what it is I'm older now.
0: Yes, absolutely. So
1: I would hate to like.
0: re-reopen re- that wound or, or even. Yeah, yeah either. I don't,
1: cause I'm, I look at it like, you know, especially with the internet and the way the stuff travels, like people, you say something and then all of a sudden it's all over and you, it's like, you, you opening up a can of worms for what? Like, mm. and the last thing I wanted, so somebody to be like, can I curse? Of course. Yeah, somebody would be like, bitch, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> and then, and, 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 and then I'm like, he just called me a bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm
0: saying? Like, that's when the Castle Hill have... come out?
1: <laughs> right. Now we have a whole nother thing just because I'm kind of reminiscing on them. But I remember that time such and such yelled at me and we got into an argument at the club.
0: You know. Who, who was watching it? No, I was just playing.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. People to this day, I don't hold grudges, right? But there's a certain level of respect that I have for people that just always did good business and always were respectful. And I carry that with me. Like they call me for favors. I'll look out for them. There are, you know, I have very strong relationships with certain people and some people I'll do, I'll do a lot for, let's just say like, I will hold you down. Right. And and even if you think of about what I do now, Mm -hmm. right. In reality TV and I'm, you know, I'm coming into the space and sometimes some of these relationships have to resurface because we're all kind of still in the game. We're still here. Um There are some, I'm not going to, I would put my job on the line for certain people in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Like I would be like, you know, and and that's not everybody. And it's not a lot, but there's people out there And they know who they are that I would, you know, bow out of my job. Like I'm not doing that to so-and-so because I just, you know, my relationships are that important to me at this time. And some of those relationships have, you know, been translated or, or have translated into checks and to get money together. Like, you know, and I see that and I see it with a lot of people these days. And then there's some people that I'm like, I don't care. What y'all want to do to him? Put him right up on the board. <laughs> Put it right up on the storyboard. We're gonna ambush him in the in scene next week. There you go. <laughs> I thought y'all was cool. No, we're not really that cool. I don't care. It's my job. It just—it is what it is. It is, and I, and I'll tell you when we get off the phone. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and 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 that comes from dealing with people for years and years and having a certain level of respect for people because I know the way that they handle business and the way that they move and have been moving for years and years. And a lot of them, you know, it shows just in their longevity and their success. You mm-hmm. know? And then you have other people that you know, they on Instagram walling, but <laughs> twenty years later I'm like, he's still
0: he's still a fool. So so what was it like working at the source during the uh during the 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 50 cent beef with uh, uh, uh with in uh, the m which pulled m&m and, and benzino into what was it like working uh oh God. there it was so bad it was hard for me
1: it was hard for me mouse <laughs> <laughs> it was hard i went to bed at night like <laughs>
0: <laughs> like was there any fear for safety like were you scared that the, the G-Unit guys were going to ever come, and I know that sounds so, like, white to ask, but it's like, it's, it's, you don't know what somebody's mind state is in that moment, right? And we know, especially at that time, especially you and you, with your with yeah. your yeah. history of the game, you know, being in the industry when we lost, Uh, at that time, you you were there when we lost Pac, when we lost Big, when we lost Jam Master Jay, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I mean, you were, I'm guessing you were, you had to be a fan when we lost Scott LaRock and all these other Mm -hmm. uh, uh, names due to violence. So like, were you ever scared that uh, G-Unit and and guys, G-Unit and company was going to storm the building?
1: This is supposed to be a serious question, right? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to be. Serious. You don't even
0: look. I'm trying not to be the other guy right now. All right, let me be this be guy. A,
1: okay, so listen. There was never a. Uh, I I was never scared. Gotcha. I was never scared. Um, and that's not to say that I shouldn't have been. You just weren't. You know, as an adult now, I mean, not that I was an adult, but I was young back then. It was mm-hmm. exciting. You know, I many shootouts I was in. <laughs> You hear
0: Bob? Yes. I want, yes. This what you hear. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first shootout?
1: <laughs> the first shootout was at a, I hate saying this because this, okay. Well, well the first shootouts I was in was like, you know, and the, I, I lived in the Bronx. So mm-hmm. there were various like things in the neighborhood. Like you can come down the block and hear the gunshots. So whatever it's that. But I mean, the first shootout at a club, it was the, it was a club called the Capitol. On mm. 61st Street. Oh, but it was rocking. Because I went back. <laughs> I went, definitely went back after the shootout. It was, it was K Capri DJing. Okay. Um, and it was, that's just what happened back then. You know, like people just started shooting and you ran out the club. It was, <laughs> it's a horrible thing, knock on wood, because, you know, I was at the red zone and there was a shootout. Mm hmm. Um, And this is all before I got to the source, right? This is in the nineties, right? You know, I have friends that were at that, that, uh, city college. I have friends that went to city college. I wasn't there. And then a week before that club, New York shooting, I was at club, New York. I used mm-hmm. to go every Sunday mm-hmm. that Sunday. We didn't go that Sunday. We didn't go. So like, you know, it's not to say that I'm not afraid of gunshots, knock on wood. Of course. Like you hear gunshots and, but And it was serious. There was people coming, you know, there were, there were, how do I say it? There were guns. (laughs) (laughs) There were guns around, but I never thought anyone, I never thought anyone would, would do anything to me. And maybe that was me being naive, Mm. you know, cause really like they could have kidnapped me and be like, you got your, we got your editor here. (laughs)
0: right 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 no seriously that's why i really asked that because i'm like this is a time before i won't say before because cb4 showed us that uh you know the the fake gangsters was always here but this was a time where more or less the the heightened sense of danger was was very real um Mm -hmm. and i'm guessing you're you're doing interviews with some of these guys and they got the entourage and the guns got to be around and it's how is just uh at this time a mom, how are you just even being able to just keep your head on and just get the interview?
1: Being in, being ignorant. Um <laughs> Living Life on the edge. Uh, the only remember, way to live. The, the, remember when they, they uh shot up Death Row?
0: Yes, I remember.
1: Oh, the next week I'm like a am uh, like an addict. I went I went to interview him.
0: I you was, went to, was, to interview Sug Knight right after Death Row gets shot up.
1: <laughs> yes Horrible right
0: And what is that interview like with, with a Suge Knight Like how is it Knowing everything you know, you know Having what? whatever you know because we all have our own Thoughts about whatever we have Our thoughts about whether it be a conspiracy Theory whatever the case may be But at some point I'm going to say this mm-hmm.
1: That was one of the best interviews I've ever done Wow, That Suge Knight interview I forget about that interview That was the one you, I don't know if you remember we were horseback riding
0: Yes Yes. Remember him on a horse? Yes. And I I remember I remember reading that. I remember reading that and, like, I just looked at my friend. I was like, yo, he about to break the horse back. And I just remember, like, <laughs> that was our joke. And then I remember for, like, a month straight we would say, and this, you know, pardon me, guys. It was in the early two thousand We used to always be, like, uh, to, like, the big girls or the big guys would be, like, shut up, Suge Knight on a horse. Like, that's what we would say. <laughs> like, that was our thing. Like, you Suge Knight on a horse.
1: Imagine being... Or you know, like flying to LA to do this big story with Suge right after that happened, and you know, I can't—I forgot who was his publicist at the time, but they're like, Suge wants to go horseback riding. I'm like, excuse me. I mean, this is like, I mean, now you know, you see everybody in hip hop doing all these other things. Back then, it was like Suge Knight rides horses, and he, you know,
0: he you were like the first. Uh, essentially, you were, you were at least i liken it to let me say that you you like i liken it to the the or the way complex is kind of now where you take these artists that you see one way and then you put them in a in a hot seat you put them eating hot wings you put them in a cold Mm -hmm. bathtub or even like with kevin hart interviewing these people in the cold tub you were kind of doing that first um with, with, with taking these, ra- these rappers out of their element. Was that, pr- out of their element? Was I, that purposely I definitely wasn't done?
1: Doing, I definitely wasn't doing it first. Okay. I definitely wasn't doing it first. Right. But I will tell you that I loved doing it. So whoever I got it from, I can't remember. Mm. But I, and, and to this day, I love that. Like, even when I produce television, right? Like, you know, I remember. Uh, you know, when we were out shooting, um, something for black Ink Chicago, I'm like, we're going to do a costume party. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right, like right. those sort of fish out of water things. I think that they add, especially, you know, because we consume so much content, that type of stuff adds a different layer to what we're doing. So I definitely wasn't the first, but I know that I was addicted to it. So it's like every story that I approached, every cover that we did, I always wanted, I, it, you couldn't just, you know, put someone on the cover and for me, I'm like, no, no, no. What are we going to do? You know what I mean? Like I need that moment on the cover. I need, I can't, I can't just do a portrait. Like I always wanted something big or something going on. That's something that I just, you know, it's just my style. You know what I mean?
0: Let me ask you this. How dark did the dark side get for you? How dark did the dark side of hip hop get for you? Everybody talks about it from the, the, the video girls to the rappers to the people around. How dark did the dark side of hip hop get for you?
1: i don't know how, i don't know if i understand that question so, so like
0: you you know how there's with some artists there's drugs with some artists there or, or not even just artists with some people that's been in the industry there's drugs there's women there's mm-hmm. abusive relationships there's mm-hmm. there, there's there's all of this that happens i won't say under the guise, but because of the world you're in mm-hmm. like so was there so like so maybe maybe I'm I'm being a little uh maybe I'm 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 being a little uh, uh uh maybe I'm guessing too far ahead or estimating too far ahead. But did that ever happen? Did you ever get caught up in the quote unquote life?
2: Hmm.
1: I think we all get caught up in the life a little bit, right? Mm. I don't think you know. But I was caught up in the life before I got to the source. I was addicted to, you know, like I said, I'm addicted to the drama, or I was. <laughs> You know, coming up like what are you doing at this club? It, you know they were shooting here last week <laughs> why mm-hmm. why are you here um you know it's it's just the lifestyle that we're all kind of you know enamored by, right so I don't know like i i i've always I've always felt like I was a part of the culture, and I think as I got older. And I became a mother and I, you know, raising, I'm raising kids and my kids are like listening to pop smoke. And I'm like, why are you listening to that?
0: Rest in peace, pop smoke.
1: <laughs> Rest in peace, pop smoke. But I'm, I, I'm i bopping to it. But my kids, I'm like, how my kids find this? Like, you know. Cause they're
0: the same age.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God bless his the
0: soul. They were, they were the same age. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. So like, I'm watching the stuff that they're that they gravitate towards, mm. you know, and good music is good music, you know, but, mm-hmm. but then I'm listening to the stuff and I'm like, is this, should I be letting my kids listen to this? That's what I'm saying to myself. Like, just, just
0: let as them I, hear it. They're going to hear it anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are going to hear it. That's why I just kind of let it go. Plus I like it in the background. So I'm writing <laughs> and I'm working in my, I'm like, okay. And, and I know what's hot because I know that they're listening to it. So, you know, I, I know me coming up, I was listening to the stuff. My mother didn't understand it. The difference with me is I, I understand it a little bit because 'cause I've been exposed. Mm. So I get it. Um, but my mother, you know, she you know how it was with hip hop. It was mm. like they didn't think it was gonna last, right? hmm Nobody was really giving hip hop.
0: They thought it was or, or looking that,
1: at it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it was gonna be what it is today. Mm. I mean, look at what it is today. What was it's all over.
0: Mm-hmm. What was what was dating like for you? What was your personal life? What was your relationships like? Being in this world, what what mothering Come on, now, like? How what, I, I I I have <laughs> listen. I I have to I have to, listen. I gotta be this guy right now. Okay, I can't be the other guy right now. Gotta be this.
1: I wrote guy. a book, right?
0: My so so I wrote it, a book.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny? It. I talked to my best friend all the time. We were like really enjoying the lifestyle. And and we talk about the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. And just last night we had a conversation. She killed me right now. Cause a lot of people know who my best friend is, right? Like, you know, they I mean, they just know her. And we were like talking about all the people we met in 1998
0: and 99. And we were laughing and I was like, did we meet all those people Give me, give me like, give me like like three people you met. Just met you met. You can't tell me who you met. Nope. Oh my. (laughs)
1: No, but but you know, it was it was part of yeah because met will will turn into implying something else, right? It was (laughs) it was it was just part of living in New York, being in the right places, you know, working in the industry. By the time I got to the source, I knew a lot of people, and that helped me be able to pick up the phone and call and get stuff that we needed. That access, and and I say it, you know, not being able to say it back then, right? Like, back then, you call a publicist, you set up an interview, but I didn't have to do that with a lot
0: of people. Call them directly.
1: I can call them directly and that access was very valuable. And you couldn't put a lot of stock in it back then because it was almost like, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Um when you when you look at the game now and you see how important talent relations is to whatever it is that we do. They got
0: head that that's a whole that's a whole department with a head with a
1: absolutely. nice little
0: paycheck attached it's, to it. Yeah.
1: Some people have built very Viable careers off of their talent relations. I had talent relations <laughs> in 2000, you know, just knowing so many people and I didn't know how to use it because journalists were taught not to use it. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you get, you know, if, if you got a, a quote from someone for an article and a publicist found out that it didn't go through them, it was like, how did you get to t- talk to so and so? You know, and it was like, we just, We, I, back then I could touch a lot of people with a phone call. If I didn't know you, I knew someone that knew you. Mm. Um, and nowadays it's the same, right? But nowadays it's, it's an asset to someone in business. Even when you think about television, um, being able to walk someone in the door and, um, you know, put them in contact with networks or put them in contact with production companies. that is very valuable and I took it for granted you know like I even today I take it for granted I walk, I see other people walk the same people I know in the door and get executive producer credits on things and I'm like I could have just did that (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh you want a so-and-so's number that's my people you know so it's it is it's it's just a part of the game these days and um, back then, I didn't understand how valuable it was. It was just like, oh, I'll just call so and so, or I'll call my friend who knows so and so, and I'll get this done. Um, You know, and that's what it was like. Who, who's, kind of coming in.
0: Artist-wise, who surprised you at this time or, or around this time? Like, who, whose tape or whose meeting? You see, how I
1: got away from the dating question.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I got married. I listen. I'm not gonna talk about. My marriage.
0: Of course, of course.
1: Or divorce. But <laughs> I got married.
0: I like how you did that. You knew where I was going to go, <laughs> hey, you don't talk about the marriage. What about the divorce?
1: Right. That That happened from work. That was all. It started with, you know, meeting someone through work and working closely with someone on something, which... I mean, I guess everyone
0: knows, right? Yeah, I don't know why you're doing this. Like, come on, what are you doing? No, listen, listen. It's me.
1: I I used to joke around. I used to be like, damn, if it wasn't for, you know, Eminem hates me. I used to joke around and say, damn, if it wasn't for Eminem, I wouldn't have my kids. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for this interview to be over. It's late.
0: late. That means we're getting good, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) It's late. Thank
1: you, Eminem. That's Marshall. I love my kids.
0: Yep. Uh, so so yeah. So let me ask that part uh, in regards to who surprised you at this time. You're 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 sitting in these meetings and these focus groups. I'm pretty sure everybody's trying to get you a demo tape. Um, who is somebody you heard and were like, ah, nah, nah, they have no chance. And then next thing you know, you have to interview them and put them on a the cover or, or give them a look or something like that.
1: I don't know. We, I come from that time where there was so many legendary artists Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, have done so well. You know what I talked about? And this is, this is not the the answer to your question. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to make that clear, but I talked about when we did the Pharrell cover, Mm. it was, we took such a chance on that.
0: What was the chance? No one,
1: Pharrell wasn't a recognizable Artist like that, he was a producer. Gotcha. And, you know, I mean, now it, it's Pharrell. It's like happy. Like, you know, who doesn't know who Pharrell is? Right, right. But at the time, putting him on the cover was a risk. And that, that cover didn't do very well for us, you know? Um, it was him in Brazil. It was great. I got to go to Brazil. Mm. But, you know, it was before its time. And a lot of people, we're like, you put Pharrell on the cover? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was even questioning, like, are we going to put Pharrell on the cover? <laughs> you know, like, I was like, I, I, is, is this issue going to do well? Um, but you know, 20 years later or so, you look at what he has done in music and it's, it's amazing. It's like, there's no question about it. Yeah, hey, you put Pharrell on the cover, of course. Right? But back then when we were making those decisions, you know, sometimes we took chances um, not really knowing what the outcome was going to be just because we did believe in the talent.
0: Mm. You know? Okay. So maybe, you know, because, you know, you did write a book, maybe, you know, there, there's, there's been... Oh, well, me, you have laughed and joked about it before uh, on on our, on uh, He Man Woman Haters Club. Uh, there was a period in time when you were dating Nas
2: so nope. th-
0: so does that so nope. in the building did uh, that uh, type uh, of uh, I, no I'm not talking uh, about uh, that relationship but you did tell okay. me about hauling notes and you know you put them up you put them on to so hauling notes Um,
1: I did never said that <laughs> <laughs> never said that um, that's
0: funny <laughs> Um, but th- <laughs> there are certain questions where it's like um. Okay, you're dating this high-profile rapper. Does that kind of invalidate your opinion on other things in your office? Do they kind of undermine you now? And, and-
1: dating schmating. <sighs> Let me. St- <sighs> <laughs> Nobody knew. Mm. Nobody knew, and I was serious with anything that I did on my own time was nobody's business. Nobody's business. It's nobody's business, and then that made it everybody's business. The more you kept it a secret, the more everybody was like, "Ah." Oh, did you know
0: that? You know? Ba- did you know that back Listen, then, or that how many you women
1: do you think he was dating at that time? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what does it
1: really mean? <laughs> nothing.
2: <laughs> was
0: Let's it, move on. Wh- you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm.
1: the thing about it was that my job came first. Wow. My job came first. And so the rule was, and it's funny because when I remember when Benzino asked me and it became, it made me nervous. It made me nervous because at the time I was like, you know, is this going to jeopardize my job? So you know my answer. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him like that, <laughs> you know? And I wasn't, I was young. I wasn't who I am today, I, you know? Anything I do today, I'll, you know, if I was, if, if I had the luxury of just dating out there right now, I'd be public, I'd be, you know, I'm not hiding any, I don't need to hide anything from anyone. Um, But back then, you know, people frowned upon. Now, now, now let me say this, let me say this, everybody was doing it.
0: Doing what exactly? Meeting oh.
1: people, mm-hmm. let me politically correct answer this. Hanging out with people, meeting people, hooking up. This is what people were doing, right? And I know that. And I've actually had this conversation with a couple of girlfriends,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, about people who won't talk about it. Now it's like, it's it is what it is. It's, it's accepted now, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Whoever can date whoever or see whoever or, you know, it's, it's all good. But, and don't make this a headline because this is bad. Headline? This a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I had interviews before where people ask me and I'm so honest about things or I'm so like open. I'm like, yeah, this happened, that happened. And all of a sudden it's the headline. I'm like, they think that we spent an hour, we had an hour conversation. That was, that's, that's what you got from my career. But you know. I get it
0: no, 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 i, I think I, I think I think uh I think I think you uh, you're just somebody who 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 i i I do like you were talking earlier, I think um you showed me a few other people, it's like certain relationships it's not it's not for that right, like if we had especially in this new space, it's like you know the the people get to hear this conversation from someone they might have looked at like folklore like somebody who wow, they're really real, and they're talking to Mouse about this, you know, and I think. Like you said earlier, you got to value relationships and you got to know, you got to, you got to gamble them. And I, I don't. Let me tell you something, Mouse.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I, I say this, you know, as comfortably as I can say it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at my age as an adult, there was a blackout in 2003. Yes. Right. I was fortunate enough to get home that night because, um, my friend Her car, my car was up in a garage. They couldn't get it down. She had her car. We got home. You know, it was like, oh, my God. You know, it was it was was a time. It was like, it was crazy back then. The next day, when I tell you about the things I heard that happened in that office, in my office, on my couch, (laughs) with people in the office together, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Mm. This stuff was happening. And I, I was like, my mouth was like dropped, like what? And it was too hot, hot for all that. Ugh. it was hot. It, it was too hot. They having had to wipe my, my office down with Lysol the next day because I didn't know. Because people were t- it was it was beer bottles on the floor. I said, what the hell happened in here? Everybody's like, oh, you know, such and such finding this and that in and, and the couches, and it, look, I'm, I'm, <laughs> to each his own. I'm just saying there were full fledged relationships going on at the source.
0: Do you think that helped? Co-workers.
1: I don't know if it helped, but it's human nature. Right. It's human nature. Right. So, you know, for me, when I left the source, when I was, when I was terminated, right? That I read an article recently that someone sent me. And it was, it said something about, you know, these relationships. And I said, that would never fly in 2020. You could never even print that line in 2020. Mm-hmm,
2: you mm-hmm.
1: can't say that have nothing to do with the case. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do with it. And if if someone, if someone printed a line like they printed about me in 2005,
0: right? Which line are you talking about?
1: That was an article that said something like, you know, Osorio is filing this case, right? Mm -hmm, The mm -hmm. source says this about her job performance. Um, You know, it was very controversial back then. Mm -hmm. And then there was a line that said, you know, like, you know, there's rumors that she was involved with industry artists. You can't say that these days.
0: Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) You can't say
0: that. You'd be big canceled. You'd
1: be me (laughs) too.
0: Super. Um.
1: And that's what I went through. And I, and that's why it's such a, you know, an issue for me when I do interviews, because I'm like, this is human nature. There was, you know, nothing really out of the ordinary happening with me at the time. It wasn't that big of a deal. It really wasn't. There were a lot of other girls, (laughs) but I think it was the way that the industry portrayed it. You know, and they sh- they 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 put a light on something that had nothing to do with the topic, and I it was because I was a woman, and I dealt with that, and and you know, I mean, it was a learning experience. But you couldn't do it today. Mm-hmm. No, you're not printing that today. You're not printing that article today. You're not printing that headline today. You're not doing
0: it. Okay, so um, um you know, we're getting towards. I I don't want to say the end or the, the the climax, um, but in March two thousand and five. You were, you you uh, filed a harassment complaint mm-hmm. with the magazine's HR team. Mm-hmm. You were terminated shortly after that.
1: Mm-hmm. As soon as Ray found out.
0: What what was the reason for the? Are you one? Yeah. What was the reason for the the complaint? Like what was happening at that time where you were like, no, this is this is ridiculous. I'm not taking this.
1: So the culture, you know, had gotten, and this is all documented. It's all in the mm-hmm, case, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there were a lot of um allegations in the case and, you know, you can go back and see them, but it was just getting to a point where things were out of control. And I, I always knew they were out of control. I had gone to law school. I had, you know, looked at like, or taking courses on employment. I knew it wasn't right. I knew it wasn't right, but I had talked to an attorney about it um about a year before and i don't think a lot of people know that but he was like you got to file a complaint Mm. and i was like i can't file a complaint if i file a complaint i'll get fired And he was like well then you you know you have to his advice was you have to file a complaint rest in peace kenan thompson um my attorney at the time but he was uh I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but um amazing attorney. But I went to Ken and um I talked about it a year before. And he was like, you got to file a complaint. And at a certain point, I just felt like enough was enough. And I filed it. And uh, maybe it was that I was at a point where I wasn't afraid of the outcome anymore.
0: At this time, you, you, know what I'm at saying? This time you had interviewed what, Jay-Z, LL. Um, Wu Tang Kim, the two Foxy covers, mate like at this point you were kind of like, and I don't want to speak for you. I let me ask. At this point, after doing all that, were you pretty comfortable? Like, even if I got terminated, I I I'll fall on my feet. Like, I'll be fine. I'll go somewhere else.
1: I was at a crossroads, but I don't know if I thought I would be fine. I didn't know what I was gonna do next. But um, you know, I don't know. How long I was the editor in chief there, but most people, the max was like two years, right? At the source, like mm-hmm. two, two and a half years. I don't know if anyone had a longer, um, Ten I was going on that. three years. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was going on three years. So, um, you know, it, it was just things just had come to a head and I forgot what was the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back and made me say, I'm going to send this email, you know, but I did. Mm. And then, you know, they were on a plane and Ray called me. Mm-hmm. The rest is history.
0: What did that call like? What did what that call like? Where he calls, you have to find it now. What did what, what that call like?
1: <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. okay.
1: It was interesting. You know, it's in my book. It's in my book. But you know, it was Ray and Ray. Um... And, and and that's that happened such a long time ago you mm-hmm, know like mm-hmm. even him like i don't have any feelings like like you know any bad feelings i've spoken to him it's it's all good it is all good you know i think we both understand just the legacy of the brand and it's bigger than anything that happened between us back then it was just it was in a you know a very important time in the magazine's history right you know and we all played a part and you know
0: so yeah so just you know to quickly bypass that so you know you were terminated and after that you you filed suit um you know I'm not going to say the dollar amount I don't want people in your pockets but you know uh, yeah
1: because I didn't get that anyway most people know I didn't get that
0: right exactly um mm-hmm. so you know you, you you then after that after some time you return 4 years later when uh mr McMillan at, uh purchased the source magazine or at least purchased their debt um you return or oh, 7
1: years later even was it 7
0: uh, might have it was a while i remember me personally i remember you coming back in oh nine. um no
1: no 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 i was at bet i was at bet from 2006 to 2011 I went back to the source in 2012.
2: Mm. So, now,
1: maybe in 2009, because I always had a great relationship with Londell. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure whenever he took over the magazine, I was supportive of the brand. So okay, I probably, got you. Got you. maybe I, I, you know, I went to events and things like that, but I went back in 2012.
0: So now at 2012, you come back in backpack rap, blog rap, You come back to print as quote unquote, when people say it's dying. What I know what, what was the thought process behind that did you was that unfinished business or
1: yes okay it was it was unfinished business I wanted to you know just kind of be associated with the brand in a positive light um but I also and I think it was an interesting time just from a business perspective um me coming out of b e t and having experience with um television, I wanted to kind of you know, reignite that in the source. Mm. And I just think, it, you know, the source was, and, and is, it's like, it's, it's almost like they had to start the business all over again. Right? Um, and it, it, it just wasn't ready for that. You know, um, but that's, that was the thought process behind me going back. Mm. It was like, yeah, you know, I want to, come back to print but I want to help you know kind of establish the brand just digitally and I had come you know from BET I was in digital for a while with BET um you know like I just I wanted to be back at the brand in a positive light
2: a and brand help that you launch
1: build. yeah and help launch All of the other platforms, digital, television, like, you know, that's, that was the, that was the thought process. But I think I was at a certain point in my career, I wasn't, you know, kind of went back and I had other things happening for me. Like I had other opportunities. I had, you know, a lot going on in television, really. And, um, I had one foot in and one foot out, you know,
0: how did this, Where did this second when or, or when did the second, should I say second act? Let me say second act. When did the second act in, in television begin? Like, was it based off what we talked about earlier, where you had the talent relations and you could just move throughout, so you could essentially kind of make any idea happen, at least talent wise?
1: I think for for me, right, I've realized that my talent is in telling stories, And wherever it is, right, Right. whether it's in print, whether it's online, whether it's on TV, whether it's in a book, that is my passion. And I've kind of I've found that now and I understand it way better. So wherever the opportunities are, I'm going to go. TV to me just right now is it's really where I feel like the opportunity Is for our culture, right? So you see, especially people that come from, you know, my generation, you kind of see them maybe not in music the way that they were, but now telling their story through, you know, scripted television or, um, you know, online on their own, you know, digital platforms. So that's where I am, right? I'm still telling stories and excited. I'm passionate about the stories in hip hop, but not in the same way I was or for the same or for print or for even online. You know, I don't really write online anymore. I would if something moved me. But for me, it's about television and telling the stories in in that way. And there's a lot of opportunity there.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he, she, them and they. Uh, and whoever else falls in between, you, you've heard it. You've heard it here from the the legend herself, the Kim Osario. Um, I mean, go get her book. Just um, straight from the source. Straight from the source. I have an autographed copy. Thank you very much. No. Um. But but yes. Um. These are the stories that are out there. These there there's real women. Uh, that were not just pawns or just uh, just in place for other people. Like the, there are real women that did the work and were more than just somebody else's uh, uh, stepping stone. Like, And this is one of them. Uh, so I challenge and implore you all to do the research and find out these people and support them. Um, you know, uh, Kim, tell the people where they can see your work now and what you're up to.
1: Well, I'm sure... You know this mouse, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> Monday nights, 8 p.m. on VH1. Uh, um, the, uh, right now I'm on, uh, Love and Hip Hop New York. Uh, we're not airing right now. Obviously, right, The right, right. we're in between seasons and we can't shoot, but, um, also you can find me online because I'm always uh, as much as I can, um, on my Instagram channel at Kim Osorio One. That's K-I-M-O-S-O-R-I-O, the number one. Some people. Spell my name wrong. <laughs> um that's me, Kim Although I One. I think that's on everything. Twitter, Instagram, probably, you know, whatever else is out there.
0: Well well, thank you, Kim. And um I sincerely say this when I, I, I sincerely mean this when I say this. I hope that, you know, with what I'm doing and what I'm putting out, I hope that I am making you proud and the legacy that you've built. And um I'm blessed to be a part of that legacy. I'm blessed to say I come from the 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 chemisario tree
1: i appreciate that yes mouse you know you out
0: here i'm trying i see you i'm trying i see you well once again thank you so much og kim um and i will be we we will be in touch because we're friends in real life but we will be in touch but thank you for kicking it on the couch this friday
1: hi mouse